Let's uh, begin with prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, now to open our hearts to your word and your spirit and give us to pray, Lord, before you with uh, a real sense of your presence today and the mind of Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, dear ones, it's good to be with you uh, this morning in this capacity. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Romans chapter 1. Most of you know that um, Habakkuk 2.4 is quoted three times in the New Testament, in Galatians and Hebrews, but most notably here in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Uh, so let me read that for us, and if you'd follow with me, please. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So brethren, this passage is most uh, remembered uh, regarding the gospel of Christ being the power of God to salvation. But 500 years ago, the Lord used it in quite a different way, emphasizing that last phrase, the just shall live by faith. And in fact, um, you know that tomorrow is what we call Reformation Day. So today I thought I would read a short tract written by Horatius Bonner um, entitled Luther's Conversion. Uh, Horatius Bonner was the brother of Andrew Bonner and a good friend of Robert Murray McShane and instrumental in uh, the Free Presbyterian Church beginning in Scotland uh, in the 1800s. So I hope this will be an encouragement to us. This is what Bonner has written. When Martin Luther was first awakened to a sense of sin, he became extremely troubled. He left his university study of law and became a monk in a monastery to help himself find God. Once and again, deep anguish took hold of his soul, and it seemed as if he would sink under it. He saw everything that he thought and did to be sin. And how could he rest until he knew that all was forgiven? His friends told him to do good works, and that would satisfy the justice of God. So he set upon rigorous works of penance, fasting, enduring bitter cold, trying to earn God's forgiveness through extreme efforts of self-denial of all comforts. The terrors of the fiery law compassed him about and consumed his soul. He saw nothing in God but the angry judge. He said, it is vain that I make promises to God. Sin is always too strong for me. After a while, Luther was taken ill and brought down to the very gates of death. Terror again took hold on him. Death seemed full of gloom. An old monk visited him in his sickbed. 
and repeated this sentence from the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Luther responded, I do believe in the forgiveness of sins. Ah, but, said the old man, we are not merely to believe that there is forgiveness for David or Peter. The command of God is that we believe there is forgiveness for our own personal sins. Luther's spirit was revived. He found on this rock a sufficient resting place, and his soul rejoiced in the forgiving love of God. Thus, his weary soul found rest. He was now like a vessel that had reached its haven. No storm could reach him there. He saw that whenever we really believe in the gospel, then forgiveness is as completely ours as if we were already in heaven. This became the very life of Luther's soul. He was assured of the favor of God, and that took away all fear of men. It was this that made him so bold in the cause of Christ in all his future life. But he was still following the Roman church's formulas for penance from daily sin. Once he was sent to Rome on some business, and he thought that good works done at Rome had more merit than those done anywhere else. He was told that if he would crawl up a very long staircase called Pilate's Staircase, on his bare knees, he would acquire a great stock of merit to earn favor with God. With great earnestness, he set himself to do this miserable good work. But while crawling up the steps, he thought he heard a voice like thunder saying aloud to him, the just shall live by faith. Immediately, he jumped up from his knees. The words went to his soul like the voice of God reproving him for his folly. Filled with shame, he instantly left the place. He saw that it was not by his works that he was to save himself at all. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. At another time, he was appointed to lecture on divinity at the university. He used to sit in his quiet cell for many hours with the Bible open before him, meditating on the book of Romans. Chapter 1, verse 17, filled his thoughts. The just shall live by faith. In this, he saw that there was another life, a spiritual life, so different than that possessed by man in general, and that this life was the fruit of faith. Clear light soon dawned upon his soul, and through him the bright beams of the gospel shot forth upon the benighted nations of Europe. The conversion of Luther was the dawning of the Reformation. Now, this all occurred in the early 1500s. And friends, in 1517, 504 years ago to this very day here in the U.S., it is possible that Luther sat at his desk writing out 95 theses, which were a protest against 
the Roman church's method of granting forgiveness based on good works. Instead, Luther advocated the free forgiveness that Christ brings through faith by the grace of God. Tomorrow, October 31st, Luther would nail those 95 theses to the door of the church at Wittenberg, the castle church there in Germany. And indeed, this was the beginning of the Reformation. So what does this mean for us, brethren? As we gather for prayer together now, 504 years uh, on the anniversary of these events, let us remember the sacrifices of so many that have gone before us. Let us realize that we are but few in a long line of godly men and women who have sought the Lord with all their hearts and whose prayers God was pleased to use to transform cultures and nations. So now as we pray together, brethren, let us pray with believing hearts that our Lord may be pleased to do again in our day what he has done sometimes before in history, that he would bring real revival in our families, in our churches, in our nations, and even throughout the world. Amen. <laughs>